how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to episode 388, where I sat down with Mohammed Amir, known as Mo Amir, who's known for his stand-up, Mohammed in Texas on Netflix, his recent role in the movie Black Adam alongside The Rock, and the new series Netflix's Mo about his life. We talk about how he got started in Texas, what it means to be an immigrant, kind of traveling, and his relationship with uh, Rami Youssef as well. There are similarities and differences in material, what it means to bank material, along with some early mentorship advice he got uh, from another comedian, layers of complexity in shows like Mo, how to push forward when it's been 20 years and you're just grinding it out and people don't quite understand your voice yet, how he wrote the series Mo and wanted to showcase Houston, Texas, and just what it means to be different in the industry today where there is so much of the same. You can also look for this interview on Creative Screenwriting's website. Stand-up was an art form that I wasn't aware of. Um, you know, I think most people in America don't know it's an indigenous art form to the States. Uh, it's jazz, hip-hop, and stand-up comedy, as far as I know are the three indigenous art forms to America. So as an immigrant uh, to the States, I was completely unaware of uh, really hip hop and comedy. I already was, you know, familiar with jazz, even at a very young age. Um, <clears throat> and I saw stand up live for the first time when I was 10 years old at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And that was a moment of complete clarity for me. Like, this is what I'm, destined to do uh and you know i didn't understand at the moment i was only 10 you know like i didn't understand how uh incredibly profound that moment was until now really um and how much it truly has like helped me filter so much pain in my life you know like it just allowed me for a space to be so expressive uh, a group full of uh, a room full of strangers and just allowed me that space to be uh just to have my own expression my own freedom of thought um, you know just to take people on this ride uh, whether it's a story or observation or a family matter whatever it was it just created such a balance for me in my life um and after losing my father at 14 that's when i started stand-up in class in high school which i've talked to talked about it a lot when my teacher um you know i was acting up as a teenager would you know dealing with loss and not knowing how to channel that energy she said don't you want to be a comedian because i was very vocal about it all the time and i said yes and, and she goes well you know comedians are smart too smart to fail out of high school i was like how would your father feel if you fail mm. and it was devastating i was like geez mrs reed this is really right to the heart i was actually i started to tear up um and uh, she started letting me do stand up every friday uh, in class and it was English class 
And just she allowed me that space. And then about three weeks into doing stand-up, she would take me to theater arts and she took me to theater arts department and introduced me to Lugene Kreisner, my theater arts teacher. And she goes, hey, this kid's been coming to class doing this original material that I've never heard before and doing all these different accents and act outs. And I think he belongs here. Um, then I joined theater and uh, started uh, falling in love with um, with different you know pieces of literature and and, and plays. And a funny thing on the way, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum is probably one of my all time favorite plays. And got to play Pseudolus and I won awards and became an honorary thespian. And it was just something that was very natural to me, the performance aspect of it. Uh, and then just you know took me some time in stand up. I started right away. After I graduated high school, uh, started doing stand-up and uh, learned, you know, what it means to be a stand-up, the history of stand-up. Because at that point, I was only like 17 years old, and I didn't know the history of it still, even though I was so in love with this art form. I was so unfamiliar with it because I've only been in the country like eight years. I was also so young, and we never had cable or anything like that paid for cable at then at that time um unless you're doing well so it was just one of those things that i had to just educate myself and um learn the craft and uh just fell in love with it and then i just saw the landscape of what hollywood was at that time and and i knew that that i was really way ahead of myself like i was like from the future as far as they're concerned you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm just yeah. like, but I was the only Muhammad in the South or in the late 90s doing stand up and touring pre 9 11. Like it's crazy. Um, and everybody was just so, my the reaction from the audience was always very good, but also very curious. Mm. So I, I realized that there was something really special here and it would take quite some time. And my mentor, Martinez, he's the one who told me that, you know, it's going to take 20 years for overnight success for a true lengthy and healthy career in entertainment, uh, especially for somebody who's going to go the stand-up route. This is what it's going to take. And he was completely spot on the way I wanted to do it. At least, you know, I wasn't going to sit at home and wait for auditions. And I want to act like that wasn't really my passion. My passion was the crafting something from scratch, which takes us into the writing mm -hmm. and also being revolutionary in it, where it is something so different, so unique, so out of the box. Um, and just like really make an impact where people start copying and imitating you. You know, that's like the, that, and that's what's already happening. You know, like I think ABC is doing a sitcom about a Muhammad in the South. Arkansas. Like it's already <laughs> happening. And by the way, nobody attached that project is Arab. Like <laughs> it's fucking mind blowing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's kind of weird, but, um, but it's like that's that's flattery as well, and it's also like it's part of the game and what it is. So I just was really really excited, and so for years, my mentor again, I got to give it up to Danny Martinez, man. He like really really uh, set it up for me, and I got to give it to myself too because I like really like paid attention to him and I listened, and he told me like, you know, don't waste my time. Like if you're not gonna listen, I'm gonna give you like the the whole gameplay, and if you listen to me, you're gonna do very very well. You're very talented and this and that. So he say, he always tell me, he goes, whatever you have, you might not use it like creatively. You might not use it now, but think about it as a bank. Hmm. And eventually you're going to withdraw out of the savings account. Right. So it, 
I, I, that's a clear result of my series, an example there, to where I wrote, um, at that point, it was the opening to the series, which is now is the opening of uh, episode seven, mm. uh, which is that flashback with the Elvis Presley track, That's All Right. So I wrote that uh, December 2014. Mm. Um, and I kept building off of that and adding to it, putting it to the side and just, and just, you know, just jotting down notes. And whenever the moment was right, we would pitch this series. Um, and it all came together, but I, I'm doing that now. I just never stops always like putting stuff in the bank regularly. That is really way ahead of its time, like, truly. And hopefully now like with Hollywood where it's at and, um, understanding that just telling these unique stories like how many times are you gonna tell a vampire story like <laughs> fucking enough like how many times are you gonna do that so i find it to be like really really important to just constantly being uh different i think by nature is just i am and then just just really honing in on those stories because coming from my background too like arabs historically is a it's an ancient language number one arabic and then we're like known for our poetry and storytelling. Like that's what we're known for. And it's in my blood um, and is what I love the most. It's truly, truly what I love the most stories. That's uh, how, I think this, I think that's pretty good catch up. Yeah, <laughs> so I spoke with um, Remy Youssef. It's been about two years now, but I know you guys have worked together. One thing he mentioned was trying to create earnest Muslim material um, do you feel like you're kind of like, especially your standup, do you feel like you're having to teach as well as get to the jokes? Feel like you have to like inform a diverse audience about your background and some things they're not familiar with in addition to the jokes. Do you kind of see it that way? Yeah, I think, I think again, it's just by the sheer fact of being who I am, it's a teaching moment. You know, it's not like necessarily by intention. And some of it is, some of it is like educational. But I think that all of it is because of just who I am and where I come from specifically. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, Rami and I, that's my boy, that's my brother. Like really, that's my brother. And we're still very different, you know, like he's uh, born in Jersey. I'm born overseas. You know what I mean? Like I came here, this is like a different, completely different upbringing and experience in America. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's like certain things that are just very, very unique. That's why he and I love working together. And, and he just like totally saw like how incredibly unique my experience has been in America and what it is. So, yeah, like sometimes you do feel like you should. There's like there's a teachable moment, but it's not I, I kind of get away from that. I really don't like that that much because it just kind of stunts the creativity. And it's like, it's what the story is. And then once you figure that out, then you can really start implanting the education in some parts, the, the comedy in some part, the drama. And then you start really understanding how to space all that out. Um, I think once you start focusing, like, I want to take this topic and I want to educate people about this, it's just like kind of stunts the creativity, in my opinion. At least for me, you know, I think that it's about like, what is the story? Who are the characters? Where are we going? And once we understand that, we can start layering in the complexities. And then you, within those complexities, within those little implants, those seeds that you're planting, then you have the potentially the educational moments by nature, just by, by subject matter, by my background or anything that any story you want to tell. I think that's, um, 
that just comes with it. And of course, there's just like a massive gap in, in like Islam and understanding what it is with all the shit that's been put out there over the last, you know, some people want to say like after 9-11, but I would argue since the fucking 40s, you know, how Arabs have been depicted in cinema since like the 30s on is despicable. Like it's really bad. It's really bad. Like it's not, it's not flattering at all. So for us to just barely be getting there in 2022 is absurd, mm. and um, and just as like happy to do it. And also like I'm not like a scholar. I'm not a scholar. I'm a Muslim, 100. percent I'm a believer, and uh, but it's not like I shouldn't. It's tough to take those topics on because they're so sensitive and they require so much finesse and nuance. Uh, it's just sometimes like it's very difficult for me to just like focus on particularly Islam. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with like culturally, you know, um, uh, nuanced things within Arabs or how we feel as a, as a people and uh, seeing our food becoming in the mainstream in America yet you know, having so much um, discrimination against us at the same time. It's like somebody talking shit about Arabs while they're dipping in hummus. Like, shut the fuck up. You know, like, it's just... So the, in those moments, yeah, and that's where the comedy comes from, like that. You laughing right there. Like, that's the moments that I try to capture and find, and I think those are way more interesting for me uh, to play out because they become, you know people can absorb that a lot easier than something that's very religious that they can tense up and start getting argumentative or defensive mm -hmm. versus just something that's just clear and, uh, and universal. Like I really like those. And so I think like once you have a main lead or a character that just happens to be Muslim, those, those topics are going to easily come in, you know, without forcing the issue. I think that at some point you're gonna that well is gonna get boring. Honestly, you're not gonna want to keep going to it. You gotta gotta tap into the character mindset. What the again, like focusing on what the story is, and then finding the little nuances while you're heading towards your to your end. Like that's 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 the way I'd like to. Do. That's the way I like to do. I like to think musically, tempo, uh, uh, you know, it's, that's what gives me like the the overall scenes and I start visualizing the movement and everything else. And then I go and it's all grounded in a very like tough subject or, you know, or, or you know, interesting or thoughtful story. But like, that's where I start first because everything else I think is easy. You know, like the pacing, the timing, the feel, the nuance, like the, everything else will start. Every All the other, like the tough topics that you want to put into whatever story you want to tell, I think it's just like it, it comes naturally once you figure out what the story is and what the character is, you know, who we're following and what the world is. Everything is just easy to implant from there for me. So people are seeing you now. I've got a show, multiple comedy specials. You're just in Black Adam. Like you said, 20 years success overnight type thing. Um, were there, I imagine there were lots of points where you maybe, did you ever think about quitting or doing something else? Like what kind of pushed you to keep going? Or was it just like no safety net? How'd you kind of see it? Yeah, I mean, like I was just told early on, yeah, and I believed in this uh, wholeheartedly. And I knew like, 
without a shadow of a doubt that I was going to make it. Like, it wasn't like, and yes, it was tough. And you fucking just, tough is also an understatement. Like, it was brutal um, and difficult and just like so painful at times. And yes, that creeps into your mind, you know, the devil whispers shit in your mind, your own, your own demons come out and you're like, why are you doing this? And maybe you should get out and that creeps in. Again, I got to give it up to my mentor. It's like the only time you're not going to make is when you quit. You know, it wasn't like a shortage of talent. It wasn't like I was going up there like bombing regularly for like 20 years. It was like bombing was like the rarity and I was killing and just having a great time and people were, uh, you know, just um, just so attracted to what I was doing. So I knew it and I knew that industry also didn't fucking get it. Like they didn't get it. Anytime mm-hmm. I was like there doing it, I would blast the room and all the comedians were like, yeah, that's yours, bro. You're going to like take that. Obviously you're going to get Letterman or you're going to get this and whatever audition it was. Comedians were like, Oh, Mo got that, you know, like it's over. And then it was just some, you know, same old shit, like just regular ass. Everybody sounds like Mitch Hedberg <laughs> comedian that was getting picked up. For real. That was yeah. like my life. I was like, bro, I'm obviously very different than anybody else. Like, how could you not pluck the guy that's killing in the crowd versus somebody who was, frankly, he was white or he or she were white and all sounded like Mitch Hedberg. Mm. Like, I'm like, they, everybody's copying the same thing. And then they're all those same comedians are talking about this guy's a hack and that guy's a hack. I'm like, you're a hack. You're the <laughs> hack. You sound like you sound like Mitch Hedberg. Everybody's doing the same thing. We're trying to attempt to do the same thing. And still to this day, it happens, you know? So it was just those moments. And again, it's just like Hollywood just needed to catch up, man, and just realize, like, there's so much richness in, in different, in these different, like, stories and takes, but also they're very universal to everyone. So it's just one of those things that you just have to be patient. It's very frustrating. You can easily quit, and you can do that. But that's so beautiful about stand-up comedy. You can go out and earn a living. You know, like you can go do what you love while still maintaining your integrity, creative integrity and understanding what you want to do. I could have easily sold out and done a major picture being a terrorist or being the same old bullshit. But to me, it's like I'll play a terrorist, but I play it on my own terms. I want to write it. You know, I think it'd be hilarious. I could think of a really hilarious way to do that. You know, like there's some great ideas I have <laughs> saved. You know, like it would be cool and like kind of have like a Mel Brooks kind of style to it. Like, yeah, I'm down to do that. But if you're going to do the same old bullshit, like I'm not going to do that. Like, it's just boring to me. And there's so much more and it's just not fair. And I feel like a lot of it is like overused and, and racist in some cases. Like, it's just like, ugh, like it's so boring to me. There's nothing really significant where you're going to remember it for the rest of your life. Like this is an all-time movie. This is an all-time story. This is going to be timely and timeless. Like, what is that? Like, that's what interests me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love stand-up so much. Like, yeah, am I going to sit here and just wait for you to, like, send me a whatever thing I got to read for and I got to set up a camera like an asshole like in my house? Like, I'm just not going to do that. Like, I'm just not. I'm not going to say, you know, God bless the people who do this. Like, then they make it that way or whatever. And I just can't imagine not being creative or being a leader and not like being able to use my creativity. 
I just can't. I can't. I couldn't do it. So there was no, no, like, uh, not a single moment where I was just like, ah, man, just shouldn't be doing this. Like, yeah, of course. I mean, it was more like frustration. Like, when are these guys going to catch up? When in the hell are they going to wake up and understand, like, how important this is and how valuable it is and how timeless it is? Like, I really believe that, you know? And so it's just really special to be able to do a show like Mo and, and to tell a story like that and, and to put not only the, the, the experience that I had as an immigrant in America, refugee in America, but also like to, to showcase Houston, you know, the city that I love so much and that has never been, again, never had a series filmed in Houston, a narrative sitcom filmed in Houston. There happened. And then yesterday I saw like, oh, all of a sudden Travis Scott's doing a biopic about DJ Screw. You know what I mean? Like it's from used like so this is a beautiful thing, like inspiring others after you to continue creating and do something so different and unique is what it's all about. Like that's the ultimate flattery. Sometimes annoying, but also flattering. <laughs> so it's just cool. It's just cool. That's that's uh that's the beauty of it. And I never thought about like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to do this shit anymore. It was more like, when are they going to catch up? Do you always, with the comedic parts of your show, are there something where you've always kind of said something similar on stage and gotten the feedback or what are some difficulties transitioning from like comic to like TV writer? Um, you know, it's like when you're doing stand up, you get immediate feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the coolest thing about stand up. Like, you don't know right away whether it's not working or working. Mm-hmm. And then you get to try it again and again and tweak it until you figure out it's working. And so that's the cool thing about that. Like, I get to go and take a premise that I want to put in a series. I could take it to the stage and try it mm-hmm. and see how people react to it. And that's like an instant barometer for me. Like, oh, okay, this works. It's really good. And then you'll get a note maybe from someone else that reads your script doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, cause you have to see it, <laughs> you know, trust right. me. Yeah. And you have to be like really firm in your beliefs. Like this is great. Like, I know it's great. Like just, just leave it alone. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm on, I'm on stage. I was on stage. It kills. Like it's great. Mm-hmm. So it's like th- those kind of things. That's the advantage. I feel like I have to stand up. I can just take a premise immediately try it on stage, see how it goes, feel it out. You could tweak it based off of that experience. Um, and then in the end, man, it's like people won't get it. Even your closest collaborators won't get it until it's on, you know, tape and you have it and you have that, you know, the footage to show them and you start chopping it together, editing it, and putting the music behind it and start feeling it and, and you put it to the pacing that you imagined it. Nobody gets it until you do that. Hmm. Like, like it's just, that's the way it is. You have to be like firm in your belief and in your vision. And hopefully you're not being stubborn and wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think if you always maintain um, a positive attitude of like wanting to accept notes, like I love, I do love notes. I love the collaboration part of it. Like I do love that. I know when things are off completely and when things are right or I'm wrong and they're right. I love that. And sometimes you get notes that it's not wrong or right. It's more like, Oh, I didn't fully execute what I envisioned yet. 
Like mm-hmm. I thought I did, but I didn't. So then you tweak it and you show it and they're like, oh, okay, now I get it. And it was just like a fault of your execution. So it's like, that's really fun, you know, to, to have those moments where it's like, it's just, you stay open. I think being open to ideas is the best thing you can do. Anytime you like close yourself off completely, unless you just know it and you've been working on it for 20 years and thought about every single aspect of it. And even then, Sometimes somebody will come in and just give you a little note, and you're like, "Oh shit! Like, how the hell did I not see this?" Right. But it it took it took that long and that much work for someone to see that note, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just still part of your effort. So I, I love I love being just open about it and receiving information, whether it makes me uncomfortable or it doesn't, or it doesn't matter. Like. I, the the my what I'm married to is the story. Mm-hmm. I live by like fuck your feelings. Like your feelings don't matter. Your feelings are not what's going to tell the best story. Right. It's you being even and balanced and understanding and navigating uh, uh, the world that you're in and getting the best possible outcome. So I try to live that way. What kind of you mentioned uh, not wanting to play lots of you know trope type roles over the years? What stood out about the role that you got in Black Adam or the movie itself that made you want to be a part of it? Yeah, again, it was just very different. You know, like it's a guy named Kareem that is like dedicated to his family, who loves his job, a sweet, innocent, like very sweet, innocent like personality to him. Like I, I really, I really loved him. Like, is he even a version? Like, I was like, like, like he's just so sweet and like committed and protective and just like i loved it so much like when i read it immediately and the script that i read was well the sides that i read were very different but you know from what ended up being on camera but the character itself was still the same yeah Mm -hmm. kept his integrity and he was just very committed to his family and trying to um free his country like this is just like amazing like what the hell this is like the polar opposite of what i was getting you know 10 12 years ago 12 13 whatever uh so it was just so exciting to get a script like that and it's weird when i saw it i was like oh this is mine like i knew it i knew it immediately i'm like oh this is this is for me this was written for me like i just knew uh and it was just in that way it was very very different and i modeled that character after zero mostel a little bit where he was just like i love him i studied him when i was in high school and he was one of my favorite comedic performers um maybe ever man like he just like so inspiring and fun and like uh, just can be aggressive and then pretends, you know, like he's aggressive, but he's just like, Hey, jokes and tries to get out of it that way. And in just a fun way, but he's, you know, but he's a beast. So I just thought of him like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe he's like a bear I modeled him after like a bear. He has like bear moments. Kareem does. But, um, so it's just very dope. You get a lot of great advice already. Any other advice for those trying to break in about really just like perseverance? Yeah, it's um, for those trying to break in, man, it's like really, really important to be dedicated, you know, Uh, so important to be dedicated to your craft. You can't half-ass it. Like, yes, you're going to have to be broke. You're going to have to be living in a car, maybe. You might have to, like, just swallow your pride a thousand times, sleep on a couch that you hate, sleep in airports, 
you know, it's just going to suck. It's going to suck. Like, it's so incredibly painful to do so something that's so worthwhile. Man. Mm. But then when you get there, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. It's like the best, man. It's the best. It's so much pain that went into it. And like, you really believe in something so much. And now you're at a level, you're like, man, I'm just enjoying myself. And I'm like sharing it with my best friends that I grew up with since childhood that supported me from my perspective. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the best. And in the end, like, that's, that's what I've always wanted to share these amazing, timely and timeless stories with the world. And then have a moment to enjoy it with the people you love the most. Like it's, it's gold. So once you imagine that, and you have that to look for. And I'm not saying everybody's going to make it, you know, like it's a fucking tough road. You just got to know when you suck or not. Like you just got to know. And when you do, you got to push harder. Like everybody sucks at some point, like everybody, you just got to keep pushing and pushing. And then you, you'll realize like, there's a lot of people that, you know, wanted to, there's a few people that I know that thought they wanted to be next to a showrunner. Hmm. You know, and then they came and shadowed me for a little bit. They're like, fuck this. This is terrible. This is exhausting. This is anxiety. I'm anxiety ridden. Like, this is like too much. This is like, I don't know how you're doing it. You know, like, there's people that tell you that too. So it's like, you don't know what you want. You know, and, and some people think they know what they want. And then they get there and they realize, like, oh shit, that's not what I want at all. So it's important to know that's the first thing. It's important to know like how painful it is, how difficult it is to maintain it as well, to be at that level for so long. Like this is just the beginning. So it's just the tests are just starting. To me, you know, there's a lot of big tests. Like everybody always asks, like, hey, what was the big thing that catapulted you to the thing? Like, no, they're all they all matter. They were all steps. Right. It could be little ones, it could be big ones, it could be that. They're all steps. There's nothing that wasn't that's unimportant. Everything was was vital to 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 the to the next thing, you know? So it's just like every every step is important and you only get there uh by working hard and understanding that and this is where I'm going and this is what's important and understanding like, hey, if it sucks, don't have an ego about it, make it better. You'll find out really quickly if it's for you or not. You know, I think a lot of people just want to do it for the wrong reasons too. They want to be famous. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do good art. You know, fame comes with doing great art. That's mm-hmm. just like that's just a you know what comes with doing something dope. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the show. So many great lessons on screenwriting there. If you're looking for some more information, though, some more about the craft of writing for television, uh, we have a new course called Script Mastermind, where we have 21 of our proven experts telling you how to write for television, how to write a screenplay, how to break in, things like that. Uh, this includes shows of Gordon Levitt, Judd Apatow, also the writers of shows like Handmaid's Tale, Mosquito Coast, Hunters, Solar Opposites, Resident Alien, WandaVision, the list goes on and on. Check that out. Uh, you can get this all right now for $1 at scriptmastermind.com slash television. That is the television screenwriting masterclass. It is at scriptmastermind.com slash television. We'll see you next time with a new episode.